Hello and welcome to Impala's podcast series, 20 Minutes With. And welcome to a particularly special episode that no inspired artist can afford to miss. I'm Juliana Carantin and today I'll be talking to the new laureate of Impala's European Independent Album of the Year Award. The super band from Vienna, My Ugly Clementine, represented here by three of their members, Mira Lukovac, Natasia Ronk, and Sophie Lindiger. Hey, Mira, Natasia, and Sophie, it's awesome having you here on the show. Sophie? Hi, it's nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Mira? Yeah, it's so, so nice to have this opportunity to, to be here and to celebrate a little bit. And Anastasia. Thank you so much. This is really, really an honor. First of all, huge congratulations for winning the Impala Award for the European Independent Album of the Year. It's for your really fun album with the energy-boosting title of Vitamin C. Sophie, how do you feel about that? It's kind of crazy, to be honest. Like we have produced this album and written this album entirely by ourselves. And we actually did it for fun because we had to say something. And it's insane to actually see this album on a list now with so many great artists like Adele or DXX. The very beginning when our manager told us that we actually won, I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, this is not true. There has to be a mistake. Like, what, what's going on? Is this real life? <laughs> So it's like, it's, it's an honor, really. And we are the first Austrian band, actually, to win this. So this is really cool that we are chosen to represent Austria and Austria's music scene, which is very big and has a lot of great talent. So it's really cool. <laughs> Excellent. And Mira, where were you when you heard? Let me think. Where was I? I think Sophie wrote something into our group chat. She was like, uh everybody <laughs> she was really cute she left a voice message and I, I think i was just at home doing some office stuff writing emails or something and it was a really cute voice message being like i don't believe this is not happening <laughs> something like that and i felt the same way yeah pretty surreal and nastasia what does this mean for you i remember that even being nominated was like what <laughs> what is happening and we talked about it but no point were we expecting that we would win this so it kind of you know it was like wow we were nominated this is an honor and then just like Mira I got this voice message on my phone and I was like what <laughs> so it was really hard to process and we met up actually with distance outside and we just had like a little toast to to celebrate it and even though it's been some days since we had you know known about this we were like standing around each other and being like what <laughs> so i think it's still yeah we're still processing at least i am <laughs> fabulous well let's go back a bit and start at the very beginning could you tell us the origins of my ugly clementine how did you decide to start making music together and what was the first single you released? Can I go back to you again, Sophie? My Ugly Clementine was kind of my idea. I just 
had a few songs lying around. Like I have an, a different music project as well, and we have just finished an album. And so I had a few months left to just do anything else that I wanted. And I just sat in my studio and recorded a few songs that I had in my head. And Mira and I actually talked about doing a project together for a while. And then I sent her the songs and I was like, hey, I don't know, um, would you be up to, I don't know, do this band with me? Or I don't know, we could just ask a few people that we want to make music with or that we wanted to make music with for a while now. And Mira was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. And so we asked Katrin. I just texted Katrin on Instagram <laughs> like you do these days. And Katrin was up for it immediately. And Nastasia was the perfect last addition to the band then. And we rehearsed and we announced our first show and it was immediately sold out because people, I don't know, they knew our different projects that we had already and they were excited, I guess. So they sold out the first show that we played, which was insane. And then we released Never Be Yours. This was our first single and people loved it. And I was happy that they loved the music as well as the band and the band members. And yes, that's how this came together like this. And now we're here and it's insane because we have been a band for two years now and this is like really huge. So Nastasia, what made you agree to join? Well, actually, I was going to be abroad for the time where they asked me. And, Seriously? Um, yeah. And so I decided to, yeah, to change those plans. I was going to go abroad with uh, music studies, but then I figured like, you know, playing in a band with these amazing musicians and experiencing that is, it was really, yeah, not a hard decision. <laughs> so, and I'd been a, a fan of, like of everything that Sophie and Mira and the others had been doing for, for such a long time. So yeah, and, and one fact that made me want to do it is because we are all, our roles in that band are different to our roles in other bands. We, for instance, we play instruments that we haven't played before in that kind of way. And we are just in a different role. And that, that was really intriguing to me and sounded like a lot of fun. And yeah, it is. <laughs> Oh, this gets so exciting by the second. So, back in 2019, you said you would rather work with a label than release your album on your own. Now, that was relatively daring considering DIY releases were becoming the thing. Now that you have released Vitamin C, as well as peeled the acoustic version on the Ink Music label, could you tell us what were some of the benefits of having a team behind you? Can I start with Mira here? Well, having a team is always what you want because being a musician is already a profession where you have to be good at so many different things. You're not only a musician, you're not only a creator. You have to network, you have to present yourself in all kinds of facets. That's not even like the real business side of it, right? So like really knowing and understanding what's in a contract, for example, if you pitch a song or something for someone like a movie or whatever, really understanding what's in a contract is not that easy. Actually, I didn't study the law or anything. So for me, this is still something really tough. And I'm so, so, so thankful for a good team that actually listens also to our needs. They can do so much more in a shorter amount of time than we alone or I alone could do. And so, but it's not just any team, but the team that we have, they're very attentive, very sensitive 
to what we want to do. And they really try to communicate our wishes. That makes a huge difference because I couldn't imagine working with someone who just wants to make us famous or something, <laughs> whatever that means, or, or just push the numbers on Spotify or whatever. It's really different to work with people that want to support the message that we want to get out there. And I really feel that with our agency, Ink Music. Okay, then. In which case, Sophie, let me ask you this. A lot has happened since 2019. As we have mentioned, you released your album and were ready to promote it. And then, boom, 2020 happened. The pandemic. Now, this is something that you created from start. So how did last year affect you altogether as a band? It was hard. And I know that it's not just hard for us, but hard for everyone. But it was hard, especially for us as a band, because we have released the album. It was the very first week of lockdown here in Vienna when we released the album. And we had a tour planned for April, like a month whole, like a whole month tour. And of course, we couldn't play it. So we postponed it because we thought maybe in fall it will be better. And then we postponed it again. And now we have postponed it to 2021 fall again. It's like a year, year and a half later. And it was very strange, you know, like when you put out an album, you just want to play it live. You know, you want to have the feedback of the people. You want to see how, how people receive it and how people hopefully love it. And then you're just there with an album released online and you don't really, you don't really feel it. You know, you don't really know how it's affecting people and how they like it. So it was very sad, of course. We have rehearsed a lot because we always thought that we we're going to play a show. So we have rehearsed for, I don't know like a half a year or even more and haven't never have never played the show then so yeah it was it was hard but i do think that people actually really loved it and that people kind of i don't know used it for for getting better and for healing and for coping with this and this makes me very happy yeah it helps people kind of mentally maybe just the music and that's nice so there are two sides on it, but it would be cool to actually play soon. That would be really cool. I think there'll be many listening who will sympathize with that. So let me throw this at you, Nastasia. You belong to a band that describes itself as an all-non-male band. Is it important for the band to challenge gender stereotypes? I think the origin of that is because we... We have experienced that people have emphasized on calling us an all-female band a lot. And we were like, why are you emphasizing on that? Like, you're not going to call another band an all-male band. So I think the description itself is just a correction, first of all, because we do not all identify as women. And so one thing is that, you know, if someone chooses to emphasize on that, then please do it correctly, <laughs> in a way. Okay. And also, I think by just talking about it and just making music and, and you know asking people to call us what we are, if they want to emphasize on that, it's probably challenging. But I think if just 
us being us and playing on stage as the people who we are. And it's uh, something that you don't see a lot because the music scene has its, you know, maybe you see, yeah, bands that, that look the same. And if that itself is challenging, then yes. You know, the songs are about empowerment and about being yourself. And, and that's one thing that's part of it and many other things. So yeah, I think that's why maybe for people it seems challenging, but it should be just what it is actually. So it's challenging because it's new maybe, or it shouldn't be new. It's about time. You can, um, if someone wants to add something, you can. <laughs> so my ugly Clementine also started a podcast called Pep Talk in 2020. What was the motivation for starting it? How do you choose your guests and who is the intended audience? Can I come to you here, Sophie? Well, when we started our podcast, Pep Talk, it was the intention to actually finally talk about music and inspiration and creativity, not just on a superficial level, because we are used to having interviews that are very, yeah, superficial, you know, like you would talk about how you made this album and why is your band called like that? And why do you write a song about this topic, you know? And it always feels like there's so many things that you want to say, but you don't have the time or the interviewee doesn't, the interviewer doesn't ask. So we thought like, why not just talk about it in a podcast then? Let's invite people that we find like interesting or that we have been fans of for a while and ask them questions that go a little deeper than just like, why is your band called like that? <laughs> and that was the intention to just, you know, dig a little deeper to get to know the musicians we love and listen to a little bit better and it has been a lot of fun really i have learned a lot from all these people and mira do you think that has the podcast itself has it evolved into a bit more than you just the band originally had in mind yes i think that we the single band members evolved from like while doing the podcast because i think while we were doing it we realized what we were missing so much for ourselves. And that's why I think the podcast themselves with every episode grew out of itself a little bit. For me, at least, I think that's the case because I'm definitely interested. For example, when I do an episode for the podcast, I started in the beginning to focus on songwriting, but after a while I realized I wanted to get more personal and understand like also like emotional struggles while songwriting you know and yes yeah, so i think that's something that the podcast is developing into it gets very real when it comes to the lives of songwriters and musicians i'm excited to do the next season can you call it that in podcast worlds um i think yeah, it's next free for, you can call it whatever you want it's a new <laughs> so the world. next season is coming up <laughs> <laughs> wonderful now the band is also rather active on social media channels and recently expressed opinions on how you as a band are referred to, as we've discussed. Why is it important? Does this agree with the message you want to send with your music? And do you think you can be an effective tool for promoting understanding and inclusion? Sophie? Well, as Nastasia previously said, we have been referred to as an all-female band or as a girl band, which is even worse. You know, when you get these messages, I know people mean well, 
and I know they don't say it to offend us, but it's still offending, you know, because just being called a girl band, you know, girls, we are all adults. That's the problem. And we are not all identifying as women. So there's like a huge problem there. We just wanted to tell people that they have to open their eyes and minds for other versions, that it would be very nice to be called like the correct way. And I just think it's really important to spread the awareness because most people mean well, that's the thing, but you just have to make them aware of the fact that it's just not like one and zero, like it's just a man and women, it's just not that that we are all equal, that we are all adults, that we all want to be respected. And some people just don't think of that at all. So it's important to just, you know, always tell them. And it's exhausting, of course, as well, to always have to. But it seems like we still have to. And that's why we do it. We want to use our platform to do that. And we want to bring the awareness. And I hope at one point we don't have to anymore. And I hope at one point people actually just know it and you don't have to say it all the time. But we are happy that we can use this platform and we are happy that so many people are listening and that so many people are there and supporting that as well. You know, there were so many people who were like, yes, finally, it's just someone talks about it. And I think it's important and it's very cool that we have so many people hopefully listening to us and, and thinking of it. Well, personally, I think with the issues of diversity and people challenging prejudices and stereotypes. It's important and great to see wanting to be an example of promoting mindfulness when it comes to all aspects of uh, communication. That's really positive to hear. In which case, let's talk about the future. Now, each one of you, tell me, what do you have in store for us? What's next for My Ugly Clementine? Let's start with you, Nastasia, this time. Well, we have been or still are on hiatus from, you know, from our job at its core, making music kind of, at least playing it live. So I think even though we are on a hiatus, I think writing songs and, and releasing songs and won't stop. And yeah, at, at the moment, we're just, just kind of waiting to plan again, you know, because um, it's really hard to do that. And when you can't do that, it's hard to to plan anything in particular but we were hoping for summer to yeah that we are able to be on stages again and then in fall and in winter we really want to play music live and what that music will be until then we will see but there's definitely something happening and Mira in addition to going back live performing what are you looking forward to for my ugly Clementine that's actually what I wanted to say that well, the playing live part for this band is actually crucial. Yeah, like really, really, that we can grow f from playing live so much. I've experienced this with all my projects. As soon as you're on stage, there's a different feeling. You, you play around, you know, with your instruments and with the audience. You go back and forth. There's a lot of energy happening, going around. And for this band, I, if I'm not wrong, I don't think we've played much more than maybe 10 to 15 shows. And that's crazy. That's actually crazy. I've played so much with other bands, but with this band, we, we haven't had the chance yet to really find ourselves live, you know? And I think when, as soon as we're in the rehearsal space, you know, there's so much cool things happening. I feel that this band wants to go somewhere with its live sound. 
this is just something that I really, really want to experience. I really want to play live with this band. And I'm, I'm excited to see Nastasia add 20 more paddles and, <laughs> and all of us singing together with four voices. And I think this band can really expand their possibilities even more when we play live. Sorry, that's my only answer, but I think it's actually really the core of being a musician is to actually also go on stage. In which case, Sophie, since the core of it is your brainchild for My Ugly Clementine, what do you think it will feel like when you do finally get on stage? Gosh, I think we have so much energy inside us. And I think especially when there are people and they have listened to this album for more than a year now, you know, and have never had the chance to see it live as well. So I think this will be like a whole, like a huge ball of energy in this, in this room of people with us on stage. And I, I hope it explodes and we're just like, I don't know, rock like the whole thing and people are dancing with us and singing with us. And I imagine it to be like this beautiful, energetic, happy place. and. I think this is going to happen because people are waiting for it as much as we do. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, Mira, Sophie, Nastasia, what great guests you are. Once again, congratulations for your Impala Independent European Album of the Year. And thank you for taking us along the journey of your musical achievements and aspirations. It seems like there's a huge lot to come. So we're all looking forward to that. So. Now we've got our popular quickfire questions. Five questions in five minutes. Mira, starting with you, what are the three things that stand out for you in the past 12 months? Um, my bathtub, oven-cooked vegetables, and going for walks. <laughs> I'm just going to say it, the walks. I think a lot of people identify with that. What are your priorities for the future, Nastasia? For me personally, it's to not give in to pressure too easily and to remember why I'm doing music. Yeah, that's my priority. Sophie, what are you often heard saying? Communication is key. Like I've learned a lot to just communicate everything with everyone because it's just easier like between people just to communicate. And I think that's something I say a lot. Yeah. What's your one piece of advice to someone considering a career in music? I'll come back to you again, Sophie, on that one. Trust yourself and be open to criticism, but still trust yourself on stuff. You know, don't let someone get too close with advice and don't let someone change you because they think they can make you successful that way. Always stay true to yourself. It's cheesy, I know, but it's actually true. So I would say that. And finally, Nastasia, the challenge is on you. What's on your playlist at the moment? Okay, I'm just going to throw them at you because there have been some albums out like Arlo Parks, Claude, The Weather Station, I think. So those new ones. Then also always Aldous Harding, Phoebe Bridgers, Big Thief. And actually, you know, through... New releases, I've stumbled upon Aliona Aliona, who's an Ukrainian rapper, and um, she is amazing. Like, I'm a big fan. So, yeah, those are my playlist faves. I believe in democracy. So, Sophie, what's on your playlist at the moment? 
I love the new album of Perfume Genius. I love Fleet Foxes, Julia Jacqueline, oh my God. And Sharon von Etten. I've discovered her recently and her album is amazing. Yeah. And you, Mira, what's on your playlist? I like old stuff, <laughs> like not old stuff, but I'm not so much into what is right now in the charts or something. So I have, I just did a playlist with uh, Nina Simone, <laughs> Tom Waits, of course. That's actually really old music, some of them. But I also, I'm actually really into Adrian Lenka. That's a little more from now. <laughs> oh, and Plague Mills. I love, oh, and everything that Fiona Apple ever did and the last album especially, stuff like that. That's brilliant. Now, before you disappear, one question, because I'm a film fanatic and also a film fanatic of old movies. Was the name of the band influenced by my darling Clementine? Actually, no. (laughs) But, but, But it's a nice reference. I like it. So let's say it was. Let's say, let's say it like that. Whoa, what great guests you are. Once again, congratulations for your Impala Independent European Album of the Year. And thank you for taking us along the journey of your musical achievements and aspirations. Mira? Thank you so much for having us. It's been so nice to celebrate a little bit through this podcast. Thank you. Sophie? Thank you for the invitation. It was a lot of fun. And thanks for the award as well. Thank you. (laughs) And Nastasia? Thank you so much, Impala, and everyone listening. We are really honored. Thank you so much.